Welcome back, folks. We got another great episode for you today. An up and coming real estate entrepreneur, Mr. Seth Dixon. Seth's originally from the States, now living, you know, relatively speaking, a stone's throw or two away from where I live here in beautiful British Columbia. And he and his wife are doing some interesting stuff with properties in Alberta. So, Seth, welcome to the call. Great to see you. Thank you. It's a pleasure All right. to join you. So tell us a little bit about where you're from, what got you up here to Canada, your background with real estate investing, what kind of sparked all of that? Sure. I'd love to. So I originally come from North Carolina, like you already said. I grew up, I guess you could say, in a family with entrepreneur mindset. Um, my dad was a salesman and my dad sold many things over the years, but he he really passed on his sales ability to us as kids. Nice. So. I mean, just a quick side note, my brother, my, my, there's, there's six of us kids, number four, so I'm number three, number four is a salesman for Ashley Furniture down in Phoenix, Arizona currently. Yeah. This last year, he's only been a salesman there for two and a half, maybe three years now, I can't quite remember, but this last year he was ranked the number one salesman in the whole company nationwide, worldwide, I guess it is even. So you guys have got a pretty good sales background, got it. Dale's running right. for the family. He's going out next week to get his award for yep. that for taking that position. So we grew up in that in that um, kind of mindset of a family mindset. My grandfather was an investor for years in the Dallas, Texas area. Up in real in real estate, he was buying and selling real estate. Yeah, clarify, yes, in real estate. So he was buying lots of commercial buildings. He would develop um, strip malls and so so on and so forth. He would bring in outside and in, uh, capital investors from Hong Kong. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah, very interesting. He would bring in investors from Hong Kong. They would invest in real estate. He flew back and forth between Hong Kong. Lots. So that was probably in the what, 60s, 70s, 80s around that time? What, what, yeah, I think the peak of it was probably the 70s, 80s, 90s. Okay, uh, the 90s. Good. Cool. He was, he was even going into the 2000s. And he passed away a couple of years ago from a COVID. But he was he was investing right up until Good right up. Until nice. Love it. So how yeah. about you? When when did you pull the trigger? What what made you decide to jump into the into the fray? So I pulled the trigger about almost two years now yeah. um, ago, but I didn't get my first property until last year. So I joined a program called Keyspire, mm -hmm. um, Scott McGilvery program. I I joined the coaching program there because I wanted someone to to guide me, someone to you know kind of show me the ropes of things. Yeah. However. Three years prior to this, about three and a half years prior to this, my brother started investing in the U.S. Yeah. And he was focusing on a specific asset class, which I'll get into in a minute. And he he called me up one day. He's like, hey, would you like to invest with me? And I'm like, no, I don't know that town. I don't have an extra, a ton of extra capital. Like, no, I just, I, I need to keep my risk to a minimum. <laughs> so I ignored his, his uh, request, request, his invitation. Yep. Invitation to, to invest with him. And it wasn't fast forwarding three, three and a half years later, he started telling me some of the stuff that he's doing and, and kind of sharing with me numbers. And I'm like, what an idiot, Seth. Why did you not, why did you not jump off? <laughs> um, long story short, he went from being a police officer. He, he was only a police officer, I think four, four or five years, four years, maybe. He started investing as a police officer on that salary. And fast forward to today, he has over $10 million in real estate. Good for him. Yeah, quit his job a year and a half ago, maybe slightly more than that, a year and a half ago, and he's full time, full time into real estate. And good. And well, that's yeah. awesome. So you're surrounded by real estate entrepreneurs. Let's focus on your journey. 
what was the first deal that that you did, Seth? The first deal I did, yeah. So I, after joining Keyspire, I was very ambitious jumping into, you know, analyzing deals and, and calling people. And, and I never could seem to get my foot off the ground. Mm-hmm. And I was very frustrated because I, I, I wanted to do this, but I also, part of the story I didn't share with you, my wife and I moved to the shoe swap three and a half years ago. And I started a contracting company, Cold Turkey. Never, ha- never worked for a contracting company before. Never, I had some, ha- you know, home experience, but I just started a company, Cold Turkey. So when I got into the real estate, I went to the bank and I, you know, inquired what they could they do for me. And they said, <laughs> not much. You're self-employed. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Self-employed. You don't have enough history behind you. We're not going to do anything for you. And so that was very dampering. But, you know, Keyspire was teaching us how to um, do joint venture agreements. Mm-hmm. And so... I was in the dealership one day and I was talking to the salesman there that was selling my truck. And I said, you know, because I found out that his boss was actually doing a development in seminar. And so I said, I should go talk to him and see if he wants to team up and do some deals with me. And he said, what about me? And that kind of took me off guard for a second because, you know, I wasn't thinking him of him as an investor or, you know, he's a car salesman. Like what, yeah. what is, yeah. So anyways. Assumptions, said, right? The danger of making assumptions. Yes. It's very dangerous. <laughs> you never know. That's, that's a good point. You never know who out there has some extra capital, wants to get involved. They just don't have the means or the knowledge or the time to get involved. And it's just having those conversations frequently and sharing with other people what you're doing um, that sometimes start those conversations and, and builds relationships. Yeah. So how much did that uh, gentleman end up investing with you in a deal? So I found an off-market property for Lac and Lacombe on a half an acre with a cottage on it, which we're actually working on getting that cottage um, rented this summer. And I said, hey, this is a deal. Do you want to partner with me? He's like, absolutely. So he refinanced, he, he locked his house. He pulled out capital out of his house um, here in the shoe swap. And we went out there and he holds, so he holds um, title on uh-huh. the property. He put the deposit down and I, I found the deal got it under contract. I managed the tenants, managed the maintenance. I will be getting this fifth unit up and going here shortly. And then we plan on taking it back to the bank and refinancing it. Yeah, you're going to do a burr. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it's one, of the reasons, one of the things that attracted me to Central Alberta is the, the affordability. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it makes sense. So so did you put any money into that deal or is it uh, all your, your partner's money in, in that particular deal? All my partner's money. Well, that's I mean, pretty I, good for your... I put gas money to drive out there. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that, that's pretty good, Seth, for zero, zero track record. You must have a pretty good relationship with that guy. That's for sure. So, you know, he, he came to me and he said, Seth, I, I see the way you live your life. I see the way you run your business. I see the yeah. I see how you are with your family. And he says, uh, from the moment I met you, which was a couple of years prior, he said, from the moment I met you, I knew that someday I wanted to do business with you. Nice. I just didn't. Well, that's the no like and trust factor, isn't it? That's right. that is so key. Yeah, that story reminds me of a client of mine, same idea, never assume. He w- he'd bought a property. It was pretty run down. He was kind of fixing up the yard, mowing the grass or something. And this old gentleman next door comes out and starts shooting the breeze with him. And this client of mine, a very polite gentleman, but didn't think anything of the of the other guy because it's kind of slobby dressed, not a very nice house, da-da-da. Long story short, they, have, they, they chat a little bit. And my client starts selling, well, yeah, I invest in real estate. And the guy's asking questions. The older gentleman ended up investing $400,000 with him. (laughs) It is next deal. So you just, you you never assume, never assume. That's a good lesson for all of us. The neat thing about this, the way this whole thing developed um, is 
so it's a great property. Yeah. <laughs> we, got, we got into a very, very affordable price. I mean, a fourplex for $600,000, like here in the shoe swap, you can't do it for less than 1.2. No. Yeah, it's yeah. just not happening. And so we got into a very affordable price. But since then, since that transaction, my partner and I, we got to talking more and we want to do real estate more together. And so yeah. we've recently incorporated, we are having logos designed, we have uh, other deals on the table. And it's exciting because he and his fiance, um, my wife and myself, we are joining forces now and we are. Nice. Well, that's exciting. So how are you going to kind of divvy up the roles of this? Cause it sounds like with this deal, you're the active partner. You're the guy with the boots on the ground, the, the real estate expert, so to speak, uh, besides capital, what is, what is your partner going to bring to the table? And he and his wife, more importantly. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. It's interesting you ask that because we're, we're actually, undergoing those conversations now and hey how, how do we fit into the piece of the how do we each fit into the puzzle right yeah and smooth working team in my mind i feel like he is even though i have personal skills and people skills and i can do that i think that he will probably carry more of the responsibility of capital raising mm-hmm. yeah. he's really awesome with relationships everyone everyone in the area knows him he, he everyone loves him and so i think he'll carry that role and i'll carry more of the role of finding deals and you know Boots on the ground, that kind of boots on the ground. My wife, so we have four young kids. The youngest is a year and a half, and the oldest is 10. So my wife, right now on the on the short term, probably won't be heavily involved um, as far as operations and whatnot. His wife probably kind of lead out in some of the more um, asset management type of things, you know, as as we go in some of the more administrative tasks and whatnot, research and what whatnot for the for the for each individual deal. So yeah, yeah, we're still still sorting through those conversations. We need to have an official shareholders agreement done up, and you know, so we know our place and know our responsibilities and who's carrying what weight. Yeah. Um, we're very we we have a similar mindset, and, and I'll speak on that just momentarily. Like we are very, he and his wife or his fiance, which is soon to be married, um, their holding company is LKR, which stands for Love, um, Kindness, and Respect. I believe it is. So we have we have very deep values in, in amongst us. We want to help people, help kids, help um, help youth, help seniors, mm-hmm. um, and so we don't want to just be you know landlords that pocket a bunch of cash. Mm-hmm. We want to be landlords that make a difference in people's lives, and yeah. that's one of the neat things. Even our even our company, it's called DTL Property Solutions Inc. DTL stands for Death to Life, and that actually comes from I, I'm a faith based. Individual comes from the Bible in the in the book of John. It says, "Those who believe on the on the Lord Jesus Christ will pass from death to life." Mm-hmm. And so, with this idea, we wanted to infuse this idea into our into our real estate investing. You know, transformation, taking taking a property from underperforming to performing, taking uh, a tenant's life maybe to a not good situation to having a, a a positive, amazing experience with their landlord and with their housing, and just this yeah. idea of transformation, taking something that's dead taking something that's, that's, you know, a wallet, a bank account that's underperforming and bringing it to life. Um, no, these, that, that's that's um, admirable, Seth, for sure. Uh, do you mind if, if I share a couple of points sure. with you that you might not want to hear? <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I'm the old dude with the gray in, in my hair and my beard, and I've been through... Uh, a number of business relationships, business partnerships, and marriages. Um, so recommendation, take it or leave it, but recommendation would be if you're partnering up, 
perhaps consider keeping the wives out of it for the time being, especially if your wife's really not going to be doing anything in the business itself. Uh, it sounds like his fiance, there's no clear path there. I mean, there's nothing to stop them from helping out in the businesses. You're, you're married couples. You know what hits the fan. They're going to get half the business. Anyhow, they don't really need to be shareholders in the business necessarily. And it just adds a whole other level of potential complexity and disagreement and, you know, voting rights and all this kind of stuff. So just consider it for the ownership makes no difference. If you're married couples, they, they by default kind of own half of what you've got. Right. So, so that part of things, but it will really simplify things for making decisions between you and, and your buddy, we're going to be the, the main movers and shakers in all of this in the first place. So that would be my, my first recommendation. Second recommendation would be, which it sounds like you're kind of thinking about there is make sure that you've got a really good agreement mm -hmm. that includes a solid um, escape mechanism, a solid way for you guys to split up kind of am as amicably as possible should things not work out after a while, which can happen, right? So it, it's it's almost like a, a prenuptial agreement with marriages. And I know you're faith-based and, and you, you guys are going to be married forever. And, and, and I understand that. I'm just saying for a business relationship, things, things happen, right? So, and, and I hope that everything goes smoothly from now to forever. And then the other big thing, please listen to me on this, is make sure that you own 51% of the shares. There's no such thing as a 50-50 partnership. One person has to have the final say. And as lousy as that sounds, as, you know, just please trust me, Seth, it is it is the way to go. And if you're going to be the primary mover and shaker with finding the deals and managing the deal, if you're going to be doing most of the work, even though maybe your partner's bringing in most of the cash, but you know, once you learn how to raise capital, that's not that big of a deal. You really, really need one person to be the quote unquote, not the boss so much, but the majority shareholder. Okay. So hopefully everything goes, you always agree on everything, but if you get to the point where you're butting heads and, and it's one way or the other, you need to have that final say. I, I know, and I know you don't want to hear that right now. And it, it, it goes against everything with your friendship and all that kind of stuff. But part of the reason I got so much gray hair on my head, my friend is, is going through a few ugly business and, and personal breakups. Yeah, no, I, I totally understand that. I, I appreciate those, those comments and those advice. Um, and I, I, I'm, I don't, I would like to think I'm not naive and going into transactions we did set up so comment on your first on your first bit of advice we did set up our corporation so my wife and i have a holding company and my partner and his partner have a holding company and our holding companies own our company got it okay all right so that, at the so end of the day his company owns half of dtl property solutions and my wife's and my company own half of dtl property solutions so it 
it's not. It, it, it would be better if you and your wife own 51% of DTL property solutions. But uh, I know it sounds like it's splitting hairs, but it's a big deal. Like that, that extra 1% can save a lot of, of, of headaches. But anyhow, good, sure. good. It sounds like that's awesome. So what, what are the uh, plans moving ahead, Seth? What are the goals? What kind of deals are you looking for? Yeah, so it's exciting. You know, I'm still trying to, I'm still trying to figure that out a bit. So going back to my brother, he has focused 98% of his energy onto mobile home parks. Yep. And he's been very successful with that. And so I've kind of thought about that. I've dabbled with that. I even have a couple of deals on the, I wouldn't say on the table, but in, in, in the back pocket. And in I, Canada or in the States? In the States. Yeah. In the States. Yeah. Okay. I find mobile home parks don't work the same way as they do in the States. They don't. Canada. That's why I was asking. So yeah. Yeah. They can still be good in Canada, but it's different. It's a different kettle of fish. Completely different animal. For sure. Yeah. So, but so recently we, we got um, brought to us some lots in Lacombe, four lots. And we're like, man, that would be a fantastic opportunity. There's the, the vacancy is so low in a small town like that. And de- rental demand is high. So we actually got them under contract. We got approved for financing a couple of weeks ago. Last week, we got written permission. Maybe it was actually last week. We got approved for financing. Last Thursday, we got written permission from the seller to start the application process for rezoning, even though we don't close until June 15th. So Friday, we put an application in for rezoning and our plan to do, our plan with that property is to build a 12 plex. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as we get rezoning application, I've already talked to builder out there. We'll do it probably prefab concrete, energy efficient. Uh, we will focus on the CMHC lending opportunity. If you allot 20% to affordable housing, you get the long amortization. the the lower down payment, so on and so forth. So that's that's one opportunity on the table. Um, we have also started conversations with the bank here in the shoe swap, local mm-hmm. credit union. And since we've gotten excited about development out in Alberta, we're like, you know what? Numbers don't work the same way here in a BC as they do out there. However, if we go into the development side of things, maybe we can make them work. Mm. Um, because the building cost isn't too drastically different between Alberta and BC. Yes, your land costs a little bit more, but at the end of the day, when you're building new construction, here you get higher rents. Right. So we can take it for we can take advantage of the CMHC um, lending route. We can allot some affordable housing. We can um, potentially develop some property here. And so what what qualifies as affordable housing? What's what are the parameters that the government tells you you have to do for that twenty percent of the property? Oh, you froze up on me for a sec there, Seth. I was asking yeah. what what uh, what qualifies for as affordable housing as far as the government's concerned. What what are the parameters? I still need to I still need to search that out a little bit more. From my basic understanding of it, it's fair market rent less twenty percent. Oh, okay. That's just what someone, that's what someone had communicated to me. I need to actually dig into it with the mortgage lenders and the banks and say, okay, what is what is this and what qualifies this? Yeah, okay. Uh, it's not too drastic, and you only have to do twenty percent of your building. So if you have you know, a 20 unit building, you only have to do four of those units to, to affordable housing. Yeah. And if, if it's at 80% of market rent, it's not that big of a deal. That's, that's not you're not giving the rent away. Yeah. Good to know. Excellent. All right. So that's the plan moving ahead. What do you, what have been some of the challenges? What do you see some of the challenges moving forward with, uh, with these great plans that you got, that you guys have got? Um, I think that one of the biggest challenges, and this is everyone says this is capital raising, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, getting, getting people to, to catch the vision, to mm-hmm. say, yes, I, I, 
I know real estate's the best option. I want to put my money with you, right? Why would they choose me and my partner over Scott McGilvery and his mutual fund um, that he's just recently started? So that'll be one of the biggest things. But going back to my story with my partner, I think it all comes down to people who you have close relationships with and connections right. with. Yeah. And that, you know, we have lots of those. And so I think that once we, once we get a momentum here, it's going to, it's going to go, it's going to go quite well. I mean, there's always going to be challenges. There always is. And I'll, I'll bring up a quick story. Of my dad, my dad was a salesman. And he, he went door to door. He did door to door sales, which is some of the toughest sales. Yeah, definitely. Yep. <laughs> and he sold different things over his life, but the last probably 15 years of his life, he had a crew making handmade birdhouses and he would go door to door selling, selling handmade birdhouses. Holy smokes. Okay. Very mentally challenging job. Let's just say that. He raised a family with six kids doing that. So hats off. He did did amazing. He would target um, a real estate company for closing gifts. He would target um, some of these hardware stores for, for, for gifts and stuff, whatever. But he did a lot of, you know, he would go business to business, selling them in banks, selling them to people that are at their workplace for, you know, Christmas gifts or whatever. Um. But the story that he would always tell us, or the analogy he would always tell us as kids, he said, you know, imagine 100 doors. You have 100 doors, and you know that behind one of those 100 doors, there's a $100 bill. But you don't know which one it is. And he says, you're going to have to knock on potentially every single one to get that $100 bill. And he says, that's, that's, and I think that's what kept my dad going. Like he would keep going all day long, all day long, not giving up, even though some days he didn't make any money. Some days he made a little money. It was hot. It was tiring. It was exhausting, but he knew that he had to get that hundred dollar bill. Hmm. I think it's the same principle in real estate. And really the, 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 the principle in there is, is, is a couple of principles, but the principle, one of the principles is consistency and determination, not giving up. The other one is action. You have to take action to go knock on that door yeah. because until you knock on that door, you will not know what's behind it. And so I've really been trying to focus on mindset recently and and taking taking action in, in the real estate. And I think a lot of what's happened with us recently has happened in a very short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Calling the banks, having conversations with them. I know I didn't think the bank would lend to, well, uh, we just bought a fourplex last year. He has his house, fourplex. I'm still considered a new startup business in the banking eyes. I didn't think they were going to lend to us. We went and just got a fourplex and we closed yesterday in Red Deer, Alberta. So, wow, amazing. We got approved for another one. Not even a week later, we get, um, yeah, probably not even a week later, we get these four lots under contract um, in Lacombe. And I was like, there's no way they're going to lend to us. I told them already idea what we wanted to do. Um, I said, we want to build a building. Roughly, it's going to cost, you know, 2.2 million, so on and so forth. Within a week, they had us approved for, for, the, for the financing for the lots. They said, we already registered it for uh, a $3 million loan. So when, when the approval comes in, we'll just swap it, swatch it, swap it to a construction loan. She says, I understand you still need to get more capital investments or capital partners to come into the deal and they'll help guarantee the building. Um, but she's, I was like, amazing. Like that never would have happened if we hadn't just put the offer in. That never would have yeah. happened if we contacted the bank. It never would have happened if we just hadn't made steps going forward. And I always, for, for the last many years, I've always thought it's, it's not even possible to do anything here in the shoe shop. Stuff so overpriced. The banks, I've tried to talk to them about personal loans. They won't even talk to me. They just kind of, excuse me, they won't even return phone calls. And I was just, I was in there the other day and I said, I, apparently you guys, because they asked me, why am I drawing out so much money? Because I said, I'm going to buy real estate in, in Alberta. Why Alberta? I said, well, bank, banks out there want to work with me. 
<laughs> and they said, well, we do too. And I said, well, it doesn't seem like it. Because <laughs> no oh yeah. That, that's funny, isn't it? When yeah. they see you go, when they see you don't need them, that's when they start chasing after you. Right. So, yeah. I, I gave, she's like, well, let me take, let me take your information. She took my information within a week. Someone else called me and I told them the, the vision of what we want to do. She, she sent me an email within a couple hours of some pointers of what we need to do. We're already starting to try to scout out land. And you know what? I don't know the path that's before me. I don't know where it's going to go. I don't know if we're going to end up going here, doing duplexes. I don't know if we're going to do anything in the shoe shop. I don't know if we're going to do 40 unit buildings. I'm not sure. All I know is that I have to start knocking on doors to look for that hundred dollar bill. There you go. You you take, take your dad's advice. No, that is fantastic, Seth. Time flies when we're having fun, my friend. So if people want to find out more about Mr. Seth Dixon and all the exciting plans you've got and what you're up to, what's the number one way they can do it? The number one way I would say, oh, mercy. Probably my email would be the simplest. Sure. What is it? My email is Seth and that's S-E-T-H at DTL. So like Delta Tom Larry. So Seth at DTL investments. Dot com and investments is with an s at the end so it's plural so seth at dtlinvestments.com i'll give Anybody. my phone number because i'm not afraid to give my phone number either uh, that's all right email's good yeah. email's good so people can reach out to you by email if they'd like to seth this has been a lot of fun and hey you're just down the road for me so hopefully sometime we can uh connect and and uh compare notes that sounds like a lot of fun i would love that i i mean camo's probably a couple times a month and we should try to hook up for a coffee or something That sounds good, my friend. All right. Take care. And everybody else, thank you very much for tuning in. And we'll talk to you on the next episode. Thank you.